Welcome to the Week 13 Waiver Wire Podcast. I am Eric Smith, Editor-in-Chief at QBList.com, filling in for Callan Elslager. He's got some uh, important schoolwork to do this week, so we, we figured we'd give him a week off. So I'm filling in as the host. I am joined, as always, by AJ Passman to go through the Waiver Wire priorities for the week. Uh, we made it through Thanksgiving. Playoffs are rapidly approaching, so this is a pretty big week for waivers, and there are actually some pretty interesting names here. I think last few weeks there's been some pretty boring uh boring waiver wire priorities but you're gonna have your hands full this week so um aj welcome how you been and uh, what do you think about this week as far as the waiver wire goes oh i'm excited to get in this week after after having a nice full thanksgiving meal it's nice to have a full full uh waiver list especially with the running backs but i mean like you said it's been kind of we've been putting in the grind yeah. The, the last three weeks has, has really been the grind so hopefully you've been manufacturing those wins but now, if you've got some fab left over, if you were able to hold on to it, now's the time to drop it. Right. I, I think I picked the right week to guest host. So uh, I think the, <laughs> the theme of this show is probably going to be if you have fab left, uh, just spend it all. So um, we'll, we'll get to some of these right off top. So let's get to running backs. Um, give me your top running back waiver priority bid. And uh, this might be the quickest of the day. I don't know if there's much explanation needed here. No, it, it's it's Alexander Madison. I mean, with Dalvin Cook going down, um, his dislocated shoulder. He'll, I mean, it seems like it's going to be at least two weeks, but that's going to get us into the fantasy playoffs. So, it's really you know none of the stats really matter all that much. When he filled in earlier in the season, he was a smash play, and he's going to be that again. And of course, I mean, what what more could you want in a in a week thirteen matchup against Detroit? So, Madison, whatever you've got, drop it on him. He's worth it. Yeah, well, he already faced Detroit this year, actually. 25 carries, 113 yards, seven catches, 40 yards, a touchdown. Like, that's kind of what we're looking at here. Uh, we know how this Vikings offense is going to operate. So, yeah, if you've got waiver money left, spend it all on Madison if he's out there. Uh, about 50% rostered, so he's out there in some leagues. So, um, yeah, I think we can just move on from that one. The, the next situation is a lot more interesting to dissect here. Um, unfortunately, we have another Christian McCaffrey injury, and Real quickly, he's out for the season. I was kind of shocked by that. So he's he's gone for the year, and now we're focused on these backup running backs. So uh, what are you thinking for these Panthers running backs going forward? Yeah, with you know, it was funny uh, with with CMC going on injured, injured reserve twice. He's automatically out. So um, I, you know, with all the wonderful coaching and personnel decisions that have gone on already this year, I I hope that the Carolina staff knew that ahead of time. But you never know. But um, yeah, with, with him going down, I mean, Amir Abdullah was the um, has been kind of the surprise um, as far as you know taking on some of the work in week in week twelve. Um, you know, Amir Abdullah had a forty nine percent snap share, um, but really, I think we have to look at what was happening in the game there with uh, Carolina with Cam Newton getting benched with Carolina already being down two three scores. Um, I'm not. I'm not going to put as much stock into that. I still think that Chuba Hubbard is the priority pickup there. Uh, you know, he he filled in really well with um, with CMC out. I do think that Amir Abdullah is going to take some of that receiving work, but to me, um, you know, Chuba Hubbard's done it, and he is going to probably do it again. The only the only caveat there is they have a buy in week 13. So that does ding it a little bit if you need somebody right now. And that's the thing, uh, Eric, is that with, with, we really only have two weeks until the playoffs. So some, some of us out here are going to, you've got to do a pickup that's going to help you win in week 13. And unfortunately, neither Hubbard nor Abdullah can help you, but if you can afford it, 
then you've got to, if you can look forward, then, you know, uh, Hubbard and even Abdullah would be priority pickups for me. Yeah, there's a lot to dissect in this one. I, I Just getting back to McCaffrey for a moment, it's it's pretty bizarre that they've just continually played him at like 90% snaps through all these injuries. Uh, mm-hmm. We keep thinking they'll learn their lesson and they apparently haven't. So I wonder if that's going to continue next year. But, um, you know, when, yeah, when Hubbard was filling in, he was seeing 50 plus percent of the snaps easily, 60% or more most weeks. Um, Abdullah, I mean, he's pretty clearly the the passing game back here. Um, and I do agree with what you said when he came in last week, it, they were down that led to a lot of the work from him, but, uh, yeah, I, I think Hubbard's going to be the first pickup and Abdullah is going to be easier to acquire in leagues. Uh, it kind of makes me want to focus on a, Abdullah, uh, in leagues where I don't have like a lot of fab left. I think he's someone you could pick up for a decent value here and you might get some decent target shares. I mean, they're really feeding, um, CMC in the air before he got hurt. So obviously Abdullah is not CMC. We don't expect that production, but uh, we could see a lot of passing game work. Uh, the big question is just how bad is this offense going to be? Um, Cam Newton looked really bad last week. Whoever they've rolled out there has looked pretty bad. So um, I don't know. Do we, I mean, do you think that there's big time upside here? I mean, you mentioned the bye week That's another thing to unpack. And then they've got a tough schedule ahead too. Yeah, that, I mean, it, when you're looking at the at the fantasy playoffs, it is brutal. I mean, so coming back off the bye, they've got Atlanta, which is nice. My Falcons, um, a wonderful get right spot. Yeah. But then going into uh, into the following weeks, it's Buffalo, Tampa Bay, New Orleans, and even if for some leagues, if you go all the way into into week 18, it's Tampa Bay again. So it's not a friendly matchup. And you know, McCaffrey is the kind of player that. You just ignore the matchups. You ignore the strength of schedule and you just play them all through the playoffs no matter what. Yeah. But I don't think it's the same with um, with Chuba Hubbard. And so I would be a little bit concerned about that. So, you know, missing, you know, having no points available in week 13. Um, it's really, you know, w- with week 14, I do think that that is a smash spot for uh, Chuba Hubbard. But you know, it, it, it's going to be, it's going to be tough sledding uh, for the fantasy playoffs, I think. Yeah. So he's going to be one, I think that's really roster dependent. If you have a decent running back stable this week and you look ahead to next week, you're fighting for the playoffs and you need someone, then, Hey, there's not much time left. Probably spend it on Hubbard. Um, like I said, Abdullah, I think he's a nice cheap pickup to see how this works out. Uh, but yeah, it is tough, tough schedule, a bye week. There's, there's a lot to unpack there. So I do think it's going to be really team dependent. So it's, it's kind of hard to put like a, a fab percent on this, right? Like it's just, it's going to be so dependent on where your team's at, what your upcoming schedule looks like and what your needs are. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I could, I could see some people saying, I, I don't want to go in at all. You know, I, maybe I, maybe I'm, I'm fine with my running backs and I don't want to, you know, have just have the decision to make with, with uh, Hubbard on, on my bench and other people, you know, you just, you need to get that week, uh, week 14 win and you go in for it. So I, I, Again, at this point in the season, it is so dependent on how much fab you have left, but also what, you know, what's your standing in the league and what are other managers doing? You know, can can you keep the McCaffrey manager um, from being able to pick up Hubbard and potentially just, you know, ha- having having fewer hiccups in, in their roster? You know, then it might be worth a little bit more. Yep, for sure. And I, I keep going back to Abdullah here, but I mean, in the last three weeks, he's had a a 19% target share and a 12% target share. So he is getting some work. I, I like him as a cheap pickup, but I do I do agree that Hubbard is the priority add. You would need to spend more fab on him to get him. So uh, I, I think maybe how you stand on this backfield uh, kind of swings on this next player on the list, how much you want to spend on 
Jamal Williams. What are your thoughts on Jamal Williams with Swift likely out at least this week? Yeah, it does. It does seem like he's going to be out this week. Um, you know, I, I think that Jamal Williams, especially towards the beginning of the season, uh, you know, he, he was a lot more involved than not more than people thought, but I think more than Swift managers wanted. Um, and it, with him, with Williams coming back from injury, I think that we're, we were already going to start seeing him, you know, potentially be included a little bit more. Uh, but the truth is Swift was on a tear. So with uh, now with Swift missing week 13, I think Jamal Williams is a great spot start. And, um, you know, he he would be, again, in that in that list of um, of priorities for managers who, you know, are either jockeying for that. Uh, playoff spot, trying to make the playoffs, trying to manufacture some wins. If you have a little bit of a running back hole, you know, he's, he's 39% rostered. So he is available, you know, in about 60% of leagues. So uh, for me, I, you know, I, I, I definitely see him as with some potential upside, albeit in a, another offense that is, I really just don't know exactly how they're, how they're going to go. So, you know, the, the floor, for Detroit, I mean, we we know what the floor is for for any Lions offensive player, but I do like the potential um, because you know the 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 Lions have kept their running backs involved no matter what, whether it's whether it's through the air or on the ground, positive games game scripts, negative game scripts, they're going to the running back. So I so actually I like the opportunity here for Williams. Yeah, I do too. And we saw, we kind of keep remembering, I feel like that week one where he caught eight passes and uh, I think they fed both Jamal and Swift just like crazy against that, the 49ers in the passing game. Um, and that really dried up for Jamal Williams all year until last week when he got five mm-hmm. targets, five receptions. It was only 18 yards, but that's what we're looking for on this Lions offense. We're not going to get a lot of touchdowns, but that pass catching. So PPR leagues, I think he's a nice, nice spot start. I mean, 13 points last week without a touchdown and that'll work. So um, I do like like the matchup against Minnesota. Soda, they'll be playing from behind. They're going to have to put the ball in the air. Um, and I don't know. I mean, I wonder if Swift comes right back to this role. We'll see how big the injury is. But this is a lost season. If he's even close to dinged up, I could see maybe a little bit more of a split going forward because Williams was hurt prior to this too. So maybe we see a little bit more of a mix and you can use Williams another week or two. We'll see. Uh, but I do think it's worth, you know, getting them on your roster and seeing what happens, especially if you need a starter this week. Um, so yeah, let's get to another running back here. Um, there's a lot of interesting ones this week. You wouldn't think that Boston <laughs> Scott would be an interesting running back, but uh, this Eagles backfield is hard to figure out. So um, what do you think about Boston Scott? And maybe just let's look at this whole backfield as well in Philadelphia. Yeah, you know, the the Eagles just do not seem to want to give Miles Sanders a featured role for whatever reason. You know, it, I mean, it could be the ball security. It could be... Um, who knows what else I, to me it, it's really perplexing but um but so so a, cu- a couple things happened this week is uh first off jordan howard was inactive again uh with a knee injury kenneth gainwell actually got some play but very clearly he fell out of favor with uh with the coaching staff um and so it seems like there's uh, that there could be two relevant uh running backs at any time in the in the eagles backfield which is so different from what we thought at the beginning of the season when there were zero relevant running backs. Um, but with, with Miles Sanders still, you know, struggling with ball security in week 10 with him getting hurt in week 11. Um, I think as long as Jordan Howard is, is out um, and Miles Sanders is in, then I still think Boston Scott has a role. I think that he has a passing down role. I think that, um, 
and also, I mean, the Jets is a great matchup to try this out on. Um, So again, in, in a season that, you know, it's, it's been so weird in their, in their backfield. I still don't exactly know what to do with it, but you know, he, he had 51% of snaps um, in in week 12 and it just seems like they're uh, you know, that even with, with multiple backs healthy, that Howard would seem to be kind of surplus to requirements when Miles Sanders is, is healthy, but it seems like Scott has kind of carved out a role regardless of who's healthy. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, and yeah, it's, I mean, Jordan Howard's going to be the key here because we've seen they, they really like him as shocking as that is in 2021, but I guess he has produced pretty well. So you can't really fault the coaches too much for running him out there, but um, Scott certainly had a role. Nice Jets, Jets matchup. Again, you got to look at the schedule. They do have a bye the week after. So you got to kind of mm-hmm. weigh your priorities, what week you need them. It's just, we're going to keep coming back to that. But I'm not sure that Scott has quite the upside as Jamal Williams, at least in a PPR league, uh, just because of the the lack of pass catching. Um, And I do think there's a little bit more options in that backfield. But I agree. I like Boston Scott. It's really not that hard to get him in the top 25 running backs this week. I'm doing my early rankings, and I think I've got him about 23 right now, depending on Miles Sanders' health. So, uh, yeah, if you need him, both him and Jamal Williams, if you need him this week, you can justify spending a whole bunch of your fab on him because – um, there just aren't a lot of options. I think this is kind of where the cliff comes in the running back rankings this week. Uh, wouldn't you say this is kind of the point of no return on like someone you can trust this week? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. There, you know, there are a couple interesting options, maybe some desperation plays, or at least, you know, these are probably your priority ads. But you know, I, I'm probably going to be putting in claims for for some additional players, and and, and there will be more players as well in the waiver wire article that you know might have some you know, decent matchups or some, some, some good upside. But I think that these are our, are, are your priority ads um, that, you know, again, at this point in the season, you know, you can't take your fab with you. So this is the time, you know, we always talk about the injuries that you wait for. These are them. So um, we have arrived at this point in the season. So, so don't, I, I would say, don't hold on to it. Um, go ahead and make multiple, multiple claims in case you get outbid or in, clay, in case you, you know, need to, you know, maneuver your roster a little bit. Um, so go ahead and make those multiple claims to try to get at least one of these guys uh, for, for the upcoming weeks. Yep, for sure. And I think I would keep an eye on Jordan Howard if he's out there, keep an eye on the news. He would be worth adding. And I don't know if people are getting so fed up with Miles Sanders, they would drop him. I, I would still probably have a spot for him on my roster. Uh, he is frustrating, but he's got the talent and this running game has been pretty good. So I would keep an eye on this entire Philadelphia backfield personally. Um, so yeah, next up, I I feel like this is a, a, I don't know. He's going to be debated here. I feel like, uh, Matt Breda. Um, I I think there's going to be a lot of people that want to plug him in and play him. He looked pretty good in his last game, but, um, there's also some downsides to Breda, I think. So what are your thoughts on Matt Breda as a waiver ad this week? Well, I mean, I I can't talk about Matt Breda without talking about Zach Moss. I mean, my, how he has fallen, you know, (laughs) um, from from potentially being the one who is going to take a stranglehold on the Buffalo backfield to a healthy scratch in week 12. So um, so that's just where we are. But what we've seen in 2021 is that the Buffalo backfield actually has some value. Um, and if if any of these backs, if Singletary or Matt Breda could get a little bit more of a stranglehold on this role, then I think it could have a I mean, a ton of value heading into the playoffs. But, you know, the the facts still remain. I mean, Breda had a good, has had a couple good weeks in a row, has had some, has had some good performances, you know, but he is still, you know, 
down in the pecking order compared to Devin Singletary. You know, in in week twelve, it, he had thirty two percent snap share versus sixty eight percent for Devin Singletary. Nine rushing attempts versus fifteen for Singletary. He did out target him, which I do think is where Breda's value probably um, can surpass Singletary's right now. Uh, but still, it was you know two targets to one target. Right. But but overall of this, Eric, is the matchup. I mean, I don't really want to play a secondary backup who I'm not sure what his role is going to be against New England. Yep. That's and, tough. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I mean, they did get kind of torched last week by the Titans by a couple of backup running backs, but I think that's more of an outlier, right? I mean, I, I just, this is a tough defense. I think they're going to lock down uh, this running game pretty well. I don't know. It's, it's, it's tough for me to buy into the, you know, the, the guy getting the 32% snap share in the committee. Uh, he has looked explosive. I get it. And hey, maybe he leapfrogs Singletary this week, but he's still not someone I'm going to want to start this week. I think he's a little bit more of a long-term ad and you could start him in a pinch, but I, I think he's more maybe outside the top 30 RBs for me this week. Um, that's just the way I see it. I feel like we've kind of been tricked by Matt Breda before, right? Like, I'm, I don't know if I'm ready to jump right back in on Breda after a couple of 10 touch games right here recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he has looked better, and he actually looked more explosive than Devin Singletary in some of the the highlights that that I watched. Yeah. But just but look at this schedule in in week thirteen, New England, mm-hmm. in week fourteen, Tampa Bay, which has been more generous to the wide receivers certainly than running backs. They were uh, tough up front. Then you've got Carolina, who did just get smoked, but um, has been a really tough defense. Then New England again. So. Those next four weeks are a pretty tough stretch for a backup running back only getting 30, 32% of snaps. However, you know, I, I, I could see him, uh, you know, kind of maybe, maybe eat into Singletary's uh, share a little bit more, maybe be kind of a desperation flex option. So, you know, if, if that's where you are, you know, he's somebody that I might still put a claim in in case I don't get some of these higher priorities, but you know, but you have to temper your expectations a little bit as to what you're hoping to get. You're not going to be getting RB1 or RB2 value back from Breda, probably. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I do think he's worth putting in a bid for. I might leave a couple bucks left over just for the rest of the season. I don't know if he's worth unloading it all on. And I mean, I also note that, you know, this backfield's kind of been all over the place this year. I wouldn't be surprised if Zach Moss was back out there this week. Who knows? Like, <laughs> like I don't know why he was inactive. I haven't really seen much about it. And maybe he's back out there and it's a three-way split. Maybe he's out the rest of the year. I I, I really don't know how they're going to play this. I, I do think there's enough upside. He's worth a shot. But uh, yeah, I, I'm still going to be a little scared to start him this week. I guess that's basically where I land on him. Um, so yeah, let's get on to... Um, this is one that I... I De- had a desperation start in a few leagues. I'm not going to lie, and he burned me. So let's get to the Jets, Jets backfield. <laughs> Who you got up next year? Oh, well, I mean, you, you kind of ta- had to talk about Ty Johnson and Tevin Coleman, and bonus alert, <laughs> Austin Walker, uh, Austin Walter. Sorry, yeah. um, because apparently he's also in the Jets backfield. But um, you know, to Ty Johnson, Tevin Coleman, you know, we, uh, we talked about him last week on, on our waiver, waiver wire priorities. Um, you know, I, I personally leaned a little bit more towards Tevin Coleman just because I thought he would kind of get the nod, thought there would be a decent game script, uh, in week 12 for them. Um, and it, and it kind of played out somewhat like that with Ty Johnson getting, you know, he's going to be getting a little bit more of the passing down work. So I think for a longer term play, 
uh, on paper, you would say, you know, Ty Johnson probably has a little bit more upside. But the problem with the Jets offense is that there's just not a lot of upside anyway. So Zach Wilson coming back may actually, <laughs> the starting quarterback may actually be the worst uh, case scenario for pretty much everybody on, on the Jets offense and their potential, but especially a pass catching back. Yep. Yeah, totally agree with that. Uh, you know, the other options, Mike White, um, he, Joe Flacco, he was certainly checking down to the running backs. Wilson's not mm-hmm. doing that. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I've, you know, I've got Ty Johnson stashed in about every dynasty roster I have. I think he's talented, but at some point you have to look at what the coaching staff is doing here. And he's never really gotten that opportunity to just leave this backfield. And the fact that Tevin Coleman got 16 carries last week, I, I think that tells us enough. So I do think there's some value here, but I, I think I agree with you. Uh, if you had to start one next week, it's probably Tevin Coleman, right? I, I, I do think that Ty Johnson has more talent, but if you had to trust someone to get 10 plus touches, touches it's, it's Tevin Coleman this week. Yeah, absolutely. If if I had a little bit more faith in Zach Wilson, I would I would take the risk of Ty Johnson in a potentially negative game script. But you know, I, it's also hard to know exactly what you're going to get with the Eagles. But I, I'd say you're going to get more guaranteed volume from Tevin Coleman. Yeah, and that game from the Jets was it felt like a disaster last week. It's kind of funny that they won. Uh, they beat Houston, <laughs> so uh, it just it feels like a mess because of how Wilson played, and they actually had a positive game script. So maybe Johnson's better if they're losing, but. Um, yeah, it's, it's a mess of a backfield. I, I still can't believe that Austin Walter has been mixed in. I did not see that coming. So I thought that was he, lo- he looked kind of good. <laughs> he actually looked pretty good. <laughs> yeah. So d- deep league stash, uh, Austin Walter, get him on your dynasty rosters. Yeah. see what happens now. Um, but yeah, Hey, there's going to be opportunities there as long as Carter's out. So it's, it's worth keeping an eye on. Uh, speaking of that jets Texans game, um, are we talking about Rex Burkhead? Uh, how much, how much, how much time you want to spend on him? Uh, let's see. He's, he's 8% rostered. So maybe only about eight seconds. Um, uh, you know, it, it seems like he's somewhat taking control, uh, or at least, uh, seems to have the faith of, uh, of the Texans organization behind him. But, uh, you know, it was funny because I, I, I came out of the watching the Texans, uh, highlights and thought, Oh man, Rex Burkhead, nice job. But, He's still, I mean, he had 12 attempts for 27 yards and three, three receptions for 27 more yards. So it was the best performance or a better performance out of the Texans backfield, but still, you know, it, it you're going to, it's going to be a disappointing return on, on what you get. So again, that's more of a desperation. You're out of options um, claim in there for that, because, you know, it's it's just not a great pie to carve a piece out of anyway. No. On the positive side, it's at least just him and David Johnson right now. Uh, 61% of the snaps are Burkhead, 38 for Johnson. So it's at least not like a four-man committee, but I agree, not much there. So um, who else do you want to talk about at running back this week? Did we miss anyone? Uh, the, you know, the, uh, the only other players, players I would think of is if you have the luxury of looking forward to week uh, 14, uh, Dontrell Hilliard, Hilliard and, and Deontay Foreman, are both really interesting ads to me. I think that, um, you know, I, I'd give the edge to uh, Hilliard for the receiving work because I don't think that Foreman's going to be getting that. But oddly enough, it seems like Tennessee is kind of trying to double down and and replicate some of what uh, uh, Derrick Henry could do and really make sure that they establish that running game. But also because they don't really have anything else with both A.J. Brown and uh, Julio on – 
injured reserve and with Nick Westbrook Akine, you know, not, not really, I mean, that's really their best receiving option. So I think that, you know, if you're looking forward and you have the, have the, again, the luxury of not having to worry about this week, then I think they're both interesting, interesting ads. And if you have the luxury of waiting a week, you might have the luxury of also just seeing kind of how it plays out in week 14. So those are interesting names. Um, And then of course, you know, at this point in the season with, um, you know, getting, I think this is the time when you might want to get your insurance backs. You know, if, you know, you're looking at, um, you know, <laughs> I'm trying to think of any of the running back ones, uh, who haven't <laughs> gone down, but right. you know, if, if you kind of have your starters, you know, you might want to start looking at your Joe Mixon or, um, or, or someone like that and say, okay, who's, who's their insurance back? Who am I going to play if, if he goes down? Because, you know, again, we're getting to the point where it's going to be really hard to replace those points. Yeah, that's a good call. So Samaje Pirine, something like that. Mm-hmm. If you don't like your options, uh, maybe time to stash them. Um, I, yeah, I was surprised to see how low you had the the Titans running backs. Uh, I I bet they're rostered in a lot of leagues anyway, but that does make sense. With the bye week this week, um, we do also have to remember Jeremy McNichols has missed a couple games, but mm-hmm. it's with a concussion. I mean, who knows? That could be a couple more weeks. He could be back next week. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he eats into Hilliard's role, but those running backs did look good in Tennessee. So there is something there. I think they're worth rostering. It's just, we'll see how it looks a week from now for sure. So, yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. I think running backs, the most interesting of the positions this week for uh, waiver fab and all your priorities and everything. So um, I'm glad we spent some good time on running backs. Um, let's get over to the receivers. Um I think this is kind of led by a couple of players that maybe should be on rosters anyway, but who you got at receiver? Uh, Top of the list has to be Van Jefferson. And really, you know, this is for you to go look at your waiver wire and see if, if Van Jefferson was dropped when they were on their buy, because um, you know, he's, he's 49% roster. So he just comes under the threshold that, that we like to use for, uh, for this podcast. So um, he's available in, you know, if you look at um, the the week 12 uh, box score, you know, the snaps, the routes, the targets, I mean, Cooper Cup, o- Odo Beckham Jr. and Van Jefferson were all almost identical. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, Jefferson got the big play. Um, so did L- Odo Beckham Jr. You know, it, it's the kind of offense where, where you, you know, you kind of want a piece of that. And obviously Cooper cup and Odo Beckham jr. Are way more rostered than Van Jefferson. So he, he's the one who I'm highlighting here, but um, you know, he, he's honestly, he should actually be performing better than, than what his, uh, than what his stat sheet says, because uh, you know, he had a drop. He, he always has a couple drops. He's stepped out of bounds when he should have, uh, you know, probably made it to the end zone on, on a play f- on a pass from Cooper cup. Um, but all that to say, you know, he, uh, nine targets, um, only got three receptions. But again, I think, you know, you could see some room for improvement there. Um, 93 yards and a touchdown. Um, again, just being in, in that offense, going up against Jacksonville in week 13. It's all it, it's all good. And you definitely want to make sure that he is not sitting on your waiver wire. If he is, you know, he's definitely a priority add for the wide receivers. Yep, absolutely. I mean, Beckham's already a little banged up. I don't think it's anything major, but... Uh, they got Jacksonville and then some shootout potential with Arizona, Seattle, Minnesota, Baltimore. So I know that uh, it's easy to kind of go with recency bias. The Rams offense has looked pretty bad lately, but I would think there's room for growth here. Uh, it's not going to be this bad the rest of the year. So as long as Stafford's healthy and on the field, which is a little questionable, but um, I would expect them to score some points here. So Jefferson's a really good add. 
And uh, I mean, I've had him on some rosters already. He has made some mistakes. I do agree. I had some drops, um, some questionable kind of route running or whatever, but he's still out there and this is a talented offense. So go get Jefferson if he's available. I, I think he's worth spending a pretty significant amount of fab. Just depends on if you're spending up on those running backs. So, um, all right. Who you got next to wide receiver? Well, I have a lot of guys next, actually. I, <laughs> it, it, wide receiver was hard. This is um, this is kind of one of those like spray and pray it, you know, type type things where you just, you know, I, I might put in a bunch of claims and whoever comes back, I'll be kind of happy and kind of disappointed, you know, right. in, in, in all of it. So, you know, th- this next tier, you know, I'll, I'll start with with Kendrick Bourne, who has um, some really encouraging uh, kind of thoughts and then also some some things that scream stay away. So um, so I, I'll start with the bad that uh, that New England is going up against Buffalo in week 13, which to me just screams like they're just going to slug it out and it's going to be this, uh, you know, battle for, you know, NFC East supremacy. Um, so I, I, I'm curious as to how much opportunity there there's really going to be there against the Buffalo defense. Um, and New England goes on on a bye in uh, in week 14. So for me, it's kind of a one week rental. Kendrick Bourne is still kind of third in the list uh, as far as you know the the maybe it's the wide receiver, but also thinking of Hunter Henry, John Johnny Smith. There are a lot of mouths to feed in, in New England, and I don't see them as always kind of this incredibly high-scoring, high-octane passing offense. Um, but New England has been incredible. So yeah. on one side, I'll, I'll, I'll say all of that. On the other side, you know, he's coming off a two t- another two-touchdown game, uh, six targets, five receptions. Um, so he, he he's doing – he's making the most of his, his opportunities. Um, so I think there are worse – plays that uh that you could try to make for for wide receiver in week 13 but i do think that you know for me i'm i'm seeing a lot of the risk personally but i do think he's going to be kind of a hot name as far as as far as waiver wire pickups yeah i think i'm on board with you that bye week does not help either uh he's established kind of like a six to nine point floor and then he's had these spike weeks um a little based on touchdowns, you know, he's got some weird stat lines. He's got a three rush for 43 yard game. Like, mm-hmm. uh, just so he, he's making it work with his opportunities, super efficient catch rate, all that kind of stuff. And the offense looks good. So yeah, I don't hate it either. I, I, you know, if you're, if your receiving core is just decimated and I, I know I have some teams where I've been beat up by injuries, there's a lot worse. You could do a wide receiver three flex, uh, maybe even wide receiver two. Like I get it, but I'm not sure he's a big upside target. So um, yeah, I, I think this is the safer option and there are probably some higher swings that could be big time misses later on. So, um, yep, I agree with you there. Uh, rostered about 23% of the leagues. I, I bet that's up around 50 though this week, just chasing the box scores, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. And, and, and with, with so many teams on by, you know, and again, I, I it, you know, it, it should certainly be mentioned all, all the teams that we have on by, we have, um, you, you can help me for the ones I forget, but we've got the Browns, the Packers, the um who else do we have the panther no i've got to look it up because i just survived all of my uh, cardinals and broncos last week so i'm like i'm in the clear you know Um, yeah 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 we've we've got those guys coming back and you know we're we're missing Devonta adams and we're missing aaron Rodgers. we're missing um all all sorts of uh all sorts of options so i could see some desperation there um and you know maybe, maybe some needs there 
But for me, Kendrick Bourne kind of feels like the kind of guy that if I start him, I feel like I'm going to be really disappointed. And if I bench him, I feel like I'm going to be really disappointed. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so yeah, we, we have the Panthers, the Browns, the Packers, yeah. and the Titans all on by this week. So, um, including the injuries that are on some of that are on some of those teams, um, that, that that's a lot of fantasy relevant players that that are missing for a pretty crucial week. Yeah, at least three starting wide receivers plus flex plays. Yeah, there's a lot there. So, um, definitely. All right, who is up next on the list at wide receiver? Oh, <laughs> I, you know, I, I've got to go with my hometown team here and just say uh, Russell Gage uh, going up against Tampa Bay. You know, I, I think that we've seen Gage tell us his floor, which is zero. So that's a little bit risky. Um, but I do I, I do like his involvement in the passing game. I, I think that in in some ways, um, you know, defenses are really honing in on shutting down Kyle Pitts. And that really just leaves uh, Cordero Patterson and Russell Gage to uh, to kind of come up with some sort of an offense with Matt Ryan. So we've seen the bad side of it. We've seen them get completely shut down. Um, but I do I, I do think that, you know, looking at this on paper, Russell Gage should have a solid floor uh, for this game. There should be opportunities. There should be plenty of passing. You assume that Landon's going to be playing catch up to Tampa Bay. Um, and you know, he's coming off, off of leading the, uh, leading the Falcons and targets in week 12. So I like all the signs. They seem to be at least pointing up for, for a strong, uh, day, especially in PPR for Russell Gage. Um, but again, that's, that is with the risk that the Atlanta offense can completely implode in any given week and give you, you know, zero points. Yeah. Uh, 25% target share last week for Russell Gage. It, it's really hard. If you started him one of those zero point weeks, it's hard to go back to him. I get it. But I mean, over, you know, over 10 uh, PPR points and what for the last six weeks. So uh, there's been some consistency there and then just no, no floor. So like you said, it's uh it's either a pretty solid game you're happy with or nothing, but hopefully they've kind of worked out the kinks on that. Uh, teams are certainly throwing everything they have at pits. Uh, I kind of feel bad for uh, anyone who drafted Pitts, because I still mm-hmm. think he's a good player. He's just being swarmed by defenders. So yeah. they got to throw it to somebody. And I would expect them to have to throw it uh, quite a bit here against Tampa Bay. So. All right. Um, next up, uh, this is a guy I have on a lot of rosters, and I don't quite know what to do with him. So um, if somebody does not have Kadarius Tony on the roster, what would you say to do with him? <laughs> you know, he's uh, I have him as well in, in on a couple of rosters. Um, and he's floating around on waivers in a, in a couple other leagues. So uh, Kadarius Tony, he's 47% rostered. So again, that you, you're probably experiencing the same thing out there um, in your leagues. But um, the the challenge here is, you know, not only is he uh, on an offense that seems to be as stop-start um, as, as any other out there, um, you know, the – He's he's a risk because you're not even sure if Kadarius Tony is going to suit up in any, in any given week. Um, so injuries have been an absolute mess for the Giants, and he just seems to have you know every other week something. Um, his big breakout, you know, weeks four and five, uh, that was a long time ago, and he really hasn't done all that much. We saw a little bit more of a glimmer of hope in week eleven when he had uh, I think twelve targets, um, but you know I. It, it's hard to see the the Giants offense be able to consistently, um, you know, kind of support 
you know, more than one or two off offensive players, especially with, with Daniel Jones. So, you know, the matchup going in, into week 13, they're going up against Miami. Um, not a horrible matchup, but Miami has played a lot better as of late as a defense. Um, the Giants only have an implied total of 19 points. So, you know, Vegas isn't seeing a whole lot of offense coming for, for New York. Um, but with all that said, I still think of almost anybody on this list, he carries the most upside. He's seen, I, I think he's the most talented. I think he's got the most big play potential. Um, so I personally am probably, if I'm rostering Kadarius Tony, I don't think I'm playing him unless I absolutely have to. Um, but, you know, if you need a home run play, if you're if you're kind of an underdog and and you need somebody to come up really big or you know if if they just have an average game you're losing anyway then can't really blame you for going Kadarius Tony because you know he he could rip off an 85 yard touchdown in week 13 and I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah, totally agree with you. There's someone on this list that was going to, you know, win you your league as, as far as a waiver wire pickup at receivers going to this time of the year, it would be Tony. It's hard to look past those 12 target, 13 target, nine target games. So I agree with you. You never know if he's going to make it through the whole game. I would also say it's uh, it's important to watch uh, Sterling Shepard's injury status. We don't have a whole lot on that, but he tends to soak up a lot of targets when he's back. But I don't know. I would say on the downside, like if neither of them were out there against Philadelphia this week, a division rival, uh, Giants are kind of like somehow in the playoff hunt um, with that record. If they weren't out there this week, yeah. I, I don't know how close they are to coming back, but we'll see. I mean, it's it, it's hard on some of these injuries to decipher where they're at. So um, definitely high risk, high reward. But I, I do think the reward is high enough to to chase Tony if he's available. So I'm right on board with you there. Um, okay, I, I think those are the big names at receiver. Um, any deep league stashes or kind of players to pick up if you just kind of have a, a hole in your roster you don't know what to do with? Yeah, you know, I've 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 got a few that we'll add in in the article. Some of those some of those deeper plays. Um, a co- you know, a couple guys playing tonight on Monday Night Football that that I'd love to see. Kind of how DeAndre Carter does, how he looks, how he's involved in the offense. Um, the you know the with um, we'll be talking about the New Orleans quarterback situation down down at the quarterbacks uh, segment. But um, you know, it could be interesting to see what you know, a Taysom Hill offense looks like for Traquan Smith or Marquez Calloway. Um, And then, you know, I I think that, you know, some potential, um, you know, home run plays there could, you know, Deshaun Jackson had a big touchdown with Las Vegas. I'm not necessarily one to just chase one, one or two big plays, but um, you know, if, uh, if Las Vegas is looking kind of for that deep threat, um, as long as Jackson is healthy, he could provide some of that. He's only 5% rostered, so he could be a little bit of a deeper play. Um, and then, you know, T.Y. Hilton, um, when he's healthy, uh, Wentz has shown at least some proclivity to look his way. But um, but again, he, he, he's, he's a, he could be a risky, a risky start. Um, but I think all those guys could, could have some potential um, to fill a hole if, if you're really desperate. Yeah, Deshaun Jackson's not the type of receiver I usually chase in fantasy, but he has pretty much made a big play every time he's been on the field this year and given, you know, three or four or five targets. So he certainly can still get deep. And if, if you're really swinging for the fences here, I suppose he's worth a worth a, a shot in some deep leagues. So, all right. Yep, that sounds good. Um, receiver's just tough. It's uh, we, we, we drafted a lot of receivers early. Some of us, uh, you know, hero RB drafters, zero RB mm-hmm. drafters, whatever you want to call it. 
and they all got hurt just as much as the running backs did this year. So I, I definitely understand if you're in a spot where you need a Deshaun Jackson or T.Y. Hilton because I've got some of those rosters right now. So I'm right there with you. Um, all right, let's get to tight end here. Um, any names catching your eye here or you generally sticking with what you've got at tight end in most leagues? Well, I, it, it, it's very sad for me to have to say goodbye to Dan Arnold from this segment because <laughs> He's 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 been one he's been a favorite of the of the QB list waiver wire pod um, all the way back to you know week four but um, it, it it's it's such a bummer it, it seems like he might be out for the rest of the season um, mm-hmm. at least the fantasy season um, so I you know I, I do think that um, there are some some potential holes that that you may have to fill with with the waivers coming up you know you've got um, you know. I, I mean, if if you've been depending on players like Austin Hooper or uh, David Njoku, then you know you're, you're right in line with, um, <laughs> with 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 taking some desperation dart throws anyway. So um, so this is for you, um, you know. So uh, James O'Shaughnessy, you know, he he really just had one one week at the beginning of the season with uh, with Jacksonville where he looked really involved, and then he got hurt, um, but he came back pretty quickly and, you know, went right in for, you know, after Dan Arnold got hurt, five targets, uh, three receptions. So I do think that he is, um, you know, one of those kind of deeper streamers, um, but, you know, kind of more at the top of the list. I think Jack Doyle has uh, for Indianapolis has kind of reestablished himself as kind of the pass catching back for Indianapolis. And as long as they continue playing well, um, which they should in week 13 up against Houston, um, you know, I, I think he's a good streamer and I say streamer because, you know, their, their buy is in week 14. So he's kind of a, you know, one week, see if you can capitalize kind of on this, on this recent run that he's had where he just keeps getting, you know, more and more targets with, uh, uh, you know, I think he had seven targets in week 12, six receptions and a touchdown. So, um, so he's, he's been looking pretty good and he has been, um, you know, he's really been splitting the snap share and even the routes run with Mo Ellie Cox but he's getting he's getting the targets, whereas Ali Cox is not. So um, Jack Doyle is probably you know right there at the top of my list with um, you know maybe some of these other players like you know Cole Komet or Evan Ingram is always part of that or Tyler Conklin. Yeah, I think I'm relatively interested in Cole Komet. Um, he's been seeing a lot of snaps, uh, eleven targets. Now that was with Andy Dalton last week. We'll see who's playing this week. I'm not sure if they've made a call on that yet, but. Um, they're, they're a little bit like the Falcons offense, I guess I would say, where the, the bottom could really fall out any week. So we see like a one catch uh, 12 yard game in week 11 out of Komet. But he's had a bunch of games with six or more targets. He's getting the work. Um, just be prepared for Jimmy Graham to vulture the touchdowns and, you know, throw your remote <laughs> at the TV. So, uh, but I, you know, in PPR leagues, I think you could do worse than Komet for sure. Um, and I agree, Jack Doyle. I, you know, I tend to kind of worry that this Colts passing game is just going to be a different tight end every week, but he's hot right now and we we know they can get the ball to tight end. So he's definitely an intriguing option as well. All right, let's um, move on from tight end. Um, hopefully you have found someone like Pat Fryermuth or someone like that at this point, and you are not dealing with this because it's, it's kind of a miserable list here. So um, let's get over to quarterback and actually a, a pretty fun name on this list. Um, Taysom Hill. I know he's got his faults, but the the upside is pretty undeniable for fantasy purposes. So how seriously are we taking Taysom Hill as a starter this week? 
Oh, he's, I mean, really, he, he's, he might be my top quarterback streamer, honestly. Um, especially if, uh, if you're someone like me who uh, jumped all in on Cam Newton and, uh, and got one great week and then week 12. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, the, and there, there's definitely, you know, a double-edged sword here with, with, with some of these very, you know, in real football, limited quarterbacks as far as what we know they can do. But you just know when you have that rushing upside, uh, with with a mobile quarterback, um, the the fantasy the fantasy upside is just limitless. So um, so I I really like Taysom Hill. It seems like he is going to get the start. Um, reports out of New Orleans is that he's been taking the the first team reps, and uh, Trevor Simeon has been taking the second team reps. So um, you know the small sample size that we have from Taysom Hill in 2020, uh, when he started weeks 10 to 13, that four game stretch. Um, he averaged two touchdowns a game, one passing, one one rushing. Um, that now he had the privilege of going up against Atlanta twice, but that's just a little bit of context for that. But um, <laughs> but you know D- uh, Dallas has has been a little bit hot and cold as as it as it uh, relates to quarterbacks. They're just coming off of giving twenty one points to Derek Carr, so I I I don't hate the spot. Um, I think that there could be opportunity for Taysom Hill to use his legs. And so for me, I just think that that upside, as far as what's available everywhere else on the waiver wire, um, we've got a, you know, I've got a couple more names that are, you know, even kind of above that 50% threshold that um, are comparable. But um, to me, Taysom Hill is, uh, he, he's just a, he's a great spot start for me. Just, and I'm, I, I'm kind of willing to take the risk and jump in and just uh, see what he does for this week. Yeah, I think I'm there with you. I mean, I wouldn't start him over, you know, some of these good quarterbacks you've been starting all year. But, I mean, we know that Sean Payton knows how to run an offense with Taysom Hill. Um, this isn't like a new situation here. Um, as limited as, as Hill is a passer, I mean, he did throw 230 or more yards in three of the four starts last year. Like, it's not a zero here. So, um, and the only game he didn't throw for 100 was that uh, game against the Broncos where, what's his name, Kendall Hinton was a quarterback. They just didn't pass yeah. the ball that game on the other side against the Broncos. So uh, I, I do think there is a pretty good floor here with Hill, as long as he's healthy. Um, but yeah, they're still in it. They're still competing for the playoffs. This is a good team, even though they are banged up on both sides of the ball. So, you know, on the one hand, no Michael Thomas um, banged up Kamara potentially. It's not as good of a team as last year, but I do think he can make some noise. So um, yeah, I guess it's a little concerned Dallas. What happens if they fall behind 21 and he's just throwing the ball, but I, I think the upside is worth chasing. So um, yeah. I don't know the, the names below on your list that are probably rostered in a lot of leagues. I think they're certainly safer options, but Hill has the, the better upside for sure. Yeah. And, and again, you know, it, it is worth, uh, you know, it's uh it's Monday night right now when we're recording this and, you know, I, I would keep my, my eyes and ears on the news coming out of new Orleans. We don't know exactly what sort of a split Sean Payton might do. We're not mm-hmm. sure if he's just trying to get Taysom Hill some reps because he wants to, run a two quarterback system. So really we're, we're speculating on, on a lot of this until something more official comes out, but assuming that Taysom Hill does get the full go, then, then I, then I do feel, and I do feel good about that upside, especially if you need it. They just gave him that big contract. They got to use them. So. <laughs> Taysom Hill time. All right. What else are we left with a quarterback? If you think we're crazy, you don't want to start Taysom Hill because he's a gadget player. Who are you going with here? Yeah. So, uh, Derek Carr and Carson Wentz there, you know, quarterbacks are, are streaming quarterbacks are an interesting dynamic when you're looking at roster percentages, because even in a lot of one quarterback leagues, 
a lot of managers like to have a second quarterback rostered. So, you know, Derek Carr is at 68% rostered, so he may not be available, but he's got a great matchup against Washington. Like we just mentioned ab- above, he's got, you know, your your number one deep threat, Deshaun Jackson, ready to go. Um, but, you know, if, if you're going to start a quarterback against any team in the league, you want to start him against Washington. They are mm-hmm. the worst uh, team against quarterbacks. So, um, so I like Derek Carr if he's available um, or if, or if you're debating between two quarterbacks who are on, who are on your roster, um, I really like Derek Carr this week. Um, Carson Wentz again, you know, this is kind of similar to the Jack Doyle thing. You know, you've got one more week. Um, the offense, you know, seems to be humming along pretty well, uh, with Jonathan Taylor running so well. So, um, and again, they, they've got Houston, so, um, you could see some game script. It really depends. You know, you kind of assume that Indianapolis is going to have the lead here. The question is, you know, are they going to get to that lead through the air, which would be good for Carson Wentz or through the ground, which, you know, could be kind of a ho-hum game. But those are kind of my higher rostered uh, streaming options. If they're available, they're worth checking. Um, but to for for quarterbacks that are under that 50 percent threshold, um, I like uh, again, he seems to come on this come on this pod every week. But uh, to to attack of Aloha, um, he's 33 percent rostered going up against the Giants. Um, really, I think that that is, uh, Tua is just a really safe option right now. Jalen Waddell and, uh, Tua have a really good connection. Um, so I, you know, I, I'd love to have a piece of that, um, a, as an option. I don't think the giants are going to put up that much of a fight. And, um, again, you're just looking at just really solid performances since Tua has come back. The dolphins are on a four game winning streak. Their sights are on the playoffs again. They kind of have hope of that. And so I, I think it'll just be a nice, strong, solid game uh, from Tua and the Dolphins in Week 13. Yep, I agree with that. Um, you've also got Taylor Heineke against the Raiders. He's kind of the same, pretty solid, you know, decent floor, probably not the highest ceiling, but not a bad week for quarterback streamers here. I would say there's there's four or five decent options you can roll out there and feel pretty good about. Okay, so let's just uh, quickly go through defenses here. Um, any names that just jump off the page that are widely available that might be worth dropping a buck or two on or maybe more depending on how desperate you are for a win this week? Yeah, I, you know, I, I think if um, if Philadelphia or Indianapolis are available, they're, they're uh, you know, between 50 and 60% uh, rostered, um, you know, just looking straight at the matchups. They're going against the Jets and the Texans. Um, just looking at the uh, the over unders and the implied totals, uh, they're built for um, you know the you know Vegas is often right, and so um, with both the Jets and Houston having kind of an implied point total of nineteen, um, you know they're not expecting a ton of offense to be coming from uh, from the Jets or, or the Texans. So um, I like both of those um, to to go with the actual um, you know. Uh, under 50% rostered, you've got the Vikings who are 17% rostered going up against Detroit, which, I mean, Eric, that's probably pretty self-explanatory, right? As to why you would pick the Vikings. Yeah, Detroit, uh, okay. we're, we're unsure <laughs> who is their best quarterback, I'd say, at this point. So it's, it's pretty true. bad. That's <laughs> true. That's true. So, so yeah, Minnesota, that's a smash. Um, and then uh, the Dolphins. Um, again, we mentioned them earlier. Um, they're just coming off a 23-point week. Um, they're 43% rostered, and they're playing the Giants. Uh, we've already kind of, you know, it, to excruciating detail, kind of laid out the the Giants' offensive woes. Um, you know, the the one the one you know worry that you might have is, you know, if is Saquon Barkley back? I would say even if he is, um, you know, you're probably not going to get a shutout from the Dolphins, but I think there are going to be enough opportunities for turnovers. 
um, to, to make them um, a, a good streaming option. Yeah, kind of like you mentioned how they're not as good of a matchup earlier in the show. Uh, you can kind of throw out their stats, I'd say, from this season as a defense, the Dolphins, because they've looked like a completely different unit since that Ravens game, I'd say, maybe even a game before. Mm-hmm. But they just started bringing the house on every play. And that, that sounds like a good strategy against Daniel Jones. That could lead to a few sacks and turnovers. So I'm on board with Miami for sure. Um, so, yeah. All right, a couple good names there as well. Um, I, I know. I think it's a pretty fun list here. Uh, if you're just sick of your bench, I think you could just kind of churn and burn the whole bench this week. There's some good yeah. good options. So um, any last thoughts before we get out of here? Any, any players you're just dying to drop from your roster or um, any last uh, tidbits that we missed? Oh, man, there are so many players I'm dying to drop. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I'll just, you know, I, I'd love for, for Mike Williams to do something for me. Um, in the next couple of weeks. Um, yeah. And, and I, I do have a really, a really, uh, potential deep, um, a potential deep, deep play, uh, for the chargers actually with Larry Roundtree, who was kind of the, um, the, the, the rookie that was supposed to back up Austin Eckler, who we all kind of like, mm-hmm. um, I have, if you're on a dynasty, a, a dynasty team, Darius Bradwell, uh, just just go stash him on your bench, and uh, he 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 might he might be be somebody who's worth playing if Eckler you know goes down or or misses time. But um, if you're in a really deep league, go check out Darius Bradwell because he just took Larry, uh, Larry Roundtree's spot in Week 12, who's kind of, who was kind of the deeper uh, deeper dynasty favorite uh, of uh, for the Chargers backfield. Yeah, that's a good call. I mean, Justin Jefferson or Justin Jackson hasn't been playing. Excuse me. I believe he's a free agent after this year. Uh, Josh mm-hmm. Kelly certainly hasn't been good. So, yeah, I've always been trying to find someone in this backfield behind Eckler in case something happens. So, good call. Maybe uh, Bradwell's the one to look at in some dynasty leagues here. All right. Well, I think that's a good way to get out of here. Um, it was good uh, doing the show with you this week. AJ, I'll be on for my third show this week on uh, Wednesday Oof. night for the Sit Start podcast. So it's crunch time, man. We got uh, we got playoffs coming up. So it, they're shockingly close. I, I dare you to look ahead at your, your regular season schedule in fantasy and see how many weeks you have left. We're, uh, yeah. we're in the grind of it right now, but it, it's going to be scary here in a few weeks where we don't have any lineups to set. So enjoy it while you can. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Good, good luck, everybody.